Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Adam. I'm so glad that you are here with us this morning. This is the last message in our series called Asking for a Friend. And so today we are talking about our choices for entertainment and answering the question, should I watch this? Now, fun fact, Gabby and I had never seen a movie while we were dating before we got engaged, at least not at a movie theater. And it's not because I have something against going to the movie theater. We just never made it happen until earlier this summer after we had been engaged for a few months. I had these two movie tickets to the Dietrich Theater. And so I figured I would make this a pretty nice date. And so we went to Samario's and we picked up some subs, ate these subs in a little white gazebo. It's pretty romantic, right? And then we went into the theater to watch a movie that was part of a series that we had been following for a while. And I did not know what I was getting into with this movie. I didn't watch a review on it or anything like that. I figured since it was PG-13, it'd all be good. But we get 20 minutes into this movie, and no joke, Gabby's eyes are closed, and she's basically sitting on my lap. This movie was a lot more creepy than we had anticipated Definitely not the most romantic part of our date. I guess sitting in my lap was nice, but other than that, (laughs) it was a little bit of a bust. And so as we walked away from that movie, Gabby was like, I need to repent of what I just watched. And I was like, all right, I don't really know how I feel about this series now, and I wouldn't go watch that movie again. And I'm not saying that no Christian should ever watch that movie Uh, Maybe you could watch that movie and you could be totally fine with it. The Bible doesn't even say that Christians shouldn't watch movies. The Bible doesn't specifically say that Christians can't watch R-rated movies. But does that mean that we should be able to go out and watch whatever we want to? And I think that God cares about what we put into our minds through what we watch and what we listen to. And he cares about what we allow to influence us. And so I think that we should care about those things too. But in this message, I'm not going to just give you a list of movies that Christians should never watch. I'm not going to just try to make a choice for you. When I was a a kid, I would ask my parents if I was allowed to watch a movie, and they would make a final call on whether or not I could watch that movie. And I was such a good kid that even as a young teenager, I could be at a friend's house, and they want to watch a movie, so I call up my parents. I'm like, hey can I watch this movie? And they would tell me yes or no. But can you imagine me as a 20-something-year-old calling my parents and being like, hey, mom, can I watch Lion King? (laughs) So my parents, they didn't have this expectation that I would always ask them if I could watch a movie. They also didn't say, all right, here, go ahead and watch whatever you want. Instead, my parents trained me up to make wise choices for myself. And so this morning, I want to treat all of you as adults. I don't want to make choices for you, but I want to use God's word so that we can learn how to make choices about what we put into our minds. And so if you would like to follow along with me, please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll be in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, we will have it up here on the screen. But this is what it says. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
what we get from this verse is that if you are a Christian, you are a child of God. And so that's why God is sometimes referred to as our Heavenly Father. And it gives us this picture of a child following after the example of their father. And so I want to show you a picture of my earthly father to kind of continue this illustration of me following after his example. So my family lives in about an hour from Buffalo. So naturally, my dad is a Buffalo Bills fan. And I can remember as a kid, almost every Sunday afternoon, we'd be at home watching the Bills game. Now, me and my younger sisters, we really didn't know much about football. We didn't even follow sports. But we cheered for the Buffalo Bills because we were following my dad's example. He taught us this little chant. We'd go, let's go, Buffalo, because we were following his example of cheering for the Bills. And then another example of that was when I was a little bit older, maybe around this age, I was, I was growing up into a man, and I wanted to be just like my dad and wear the same size t-shirt as my dad. Now, somehow, my dad isn't much bigger than me at this point in my life, but he would wear a size large t-shirt. And so I thought, all right, that is the next thing for me to do is to wear a large t-shirt, and it looked like, like a sail on me. Like, it was way too big. And so I went through that phase before I finally went back to a t-shirt size that actually fit me. And as I was kind of thinking about this illustration, it hit me that even today, I think that I dress like a dad because I've been following my dad's example. Like, my dad went out and bought this kind of hiking boot, and like a month later, I bought the same hiking boot. And me and my dad even have the same sneakers. Even though I bought mine first, I was probably thinking like a dad when I bought those sneakers. And so my wife has her work cut out for her trying to help me not dress like a 40-year-old now that we are married. We don't want anybody being like, oh, is this your daughter? No, that's my wife. So <laughs> that is something that we are working on. Seriously, though, uh, my dad has been a great influence in my life. Uh, he's taught me a lot about how to manage money. He's taught me a lot about what it means to have a good marriage. And I have been spared from making so many bad decisions just from following his example. And so going back to the passage here, we are called to follow God's example of love. God sets a pretty high bar for what it means to live in love. Because Jesus came to earth in the form of a man. and He gave up his life on the cross. And the Bible says that there is no greater demonstration of love than for somebody to give up their life for another. And Jesus showed us the extent of his love by giving up his life for all of us. So that's the standard of love that God calls us to if we are to follow his example. We might never fully reach that standard, but we are called to try and to give it our best shot. And so these next few verses are all about some attitudes and behavior that really get in the way of following God's example and living in love. So let's go ahead and take a look at it in verse 3. It says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these things are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. 
And so the Bible says not even a hint of these behaviors should be in your life. Now what we just read about is really the content of a lot of movies and TV shows out there about uh, content of greed, coarse joking, uh, sexual inappropriate scenes, and those kinds of things. And now, none of us would say that what we just read about is sin. But when it comes to the topic of our entertainment, you might be wondering, well, is it okay to watch sin on a screen? Because that's different than actually going out and doing that sin. Like if you watch a movie with a murder in it, that is not nearly as bad as actually going out and killing somebody. And so where do you draw the line? Does that mean that we can just go ahead and watch whatever we want? And I think the answer to that question is no, it is not okay if watching that leads you to sin. If you struggle with the words that come out of your mouth, then watching movies full of profanity is not the move for you. Or if you struggle with gossip and drama, then watching movies full of gossip and drama is not healthy for you and helping you become more like Jesus. If you struggle with fear and anxiety and then watching movies with horror elements, it's not a good idea. And I'm going to be super blunt with this one. If you struggle with sexual purity, then watching movies with sexually inappropriate content is not good. And I'm going to be very blunt to the men in the room here, and I'm even going to speak on behalf of myself. I cannot watch scenes of sexual inappropriate behavior without sinning in that moment. And it all goes back to Jesus' definition of sinning with lust in our hearts. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So Jesus has a pretty high standard when it comes to our sexual purity. That we can cross that line even just by watching something on a screen and then lusting in our hearts. And if Jesus takes this seriously, I think we should take this seriously too. And watching those kinds of things in movies and TV shows, I think, can also be a gateway to pornography. I mean, if, if it doesn't bother your conscience to watch it in a movie, then maybe that's an indicator that your conscience will not hold you back from viewing pornography and just going down that slippery slope into a pornography addiction. And so this is why I take what I watch very seriously And it might seem way too over the top, but I don't even watch movies by myself anymore. And now that I'm married, Gabby watches movies with me. And I feel like a kid sometimes, but she'll say, all right, close your eyes, and I will close my eyes. Not because Gabby's trying to parent me or anything like that, but she is helping me to guard my sexual purity and to take seriously what Jesus takes seriously. And maybe... Maybe you're already at the bottom of that slippery slope and you're already caught in a pornography addiction that nobody else knows about. And I don't have enough time in this message to really do justice to this topic. And I don't want to pretend like 
coming out of a pornography addiction is just a few easy steps where if you check those off, then you'll just be good to go with the flip of a switch. I know that it's a process and that it's a journey. And last week, the message that we had was about addictions. And I think that can be a really helpful resource if you are struggling with that in your life. And you can go back to the podcast on the Bridgewater app and listen to that. But if you are stuck in a pornography addiction... I'm not going to just give you a bunch of steps, but I could give you some starting steps. And I really want to encourage you just to pray about it, to take it to God and and ask him for his help in that. And then secondly, to open up to somebody else about it and just be honest with where you're at. And that way somebody else can come into your life and to help you. You don't have to share your struggle with everybody, but please share it with somebody And now maybe you could be hearing all of this this morning and thinking, come on, man, get off my back. Like, the Bible doesn't really talk all that much about movies, and you're going to tell me that I need to be careful about what I watch. Maybe all of this is just way too over the top. But maybe we don't take it as seriously as we should. Because let's go ahead and look at verse 11 in Ephesians. It says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Bible says, have nothing to do with these sinful acts. This verse is talking about being guilty by association, where there's a crowd of people and they were doing a bunch of things that don't honor God, and you just get sucked right into doing what they are doing. And then the Bible goes so far as to say that even talking about those things that people do in private is shameful. And what that means is bringing up in casual conversation like, hey, can you believe what so-and-so did? Oh, man, that's so bad. How could their mind even work that way? That is so messed up. And just entertaining that stuff as casual conversation, God says, don't do it. That is shameful. And he's writing to people back in the day where they would do sinful things in private and nobody else would know about it. Maybe it'd become gossip or something down the road. And I think that is true for us today. But today we take it up a notch. It's not just the things that are done in private, but now we have people who act it out on a screen and then we sit in front of it and watch this sinful behavior just in the form of entertainment. And I think that sometimes... We can walk that line of being guilty by association. I want to take a minute, though, to talk about the difference between portraying sin and glorifying sin. Now, I don't think that any of us would disagree that we live in a broken world that is corrupted by sin. Sin is just part of our everyday lives, unfortunately. And I think that to portray a snapshot of everyday life even in a TV show or a movie, would in some way be portraying sin. Even if you think about how a storyline works, you got to have a conflict and a resolution. And oftentimes that conflict is a result of sin. And even if we were to take the Bible and turn the Bible into a movie, well, that movie would be full of violence, of cheating, and lying, and betrayal. But none of us would read the Bible and then walk away thinking, God wants me to lie, to cheat, 
to commit violence, and to betray. Because the Bible never shows sin in a positive light. It always shows you that sin is wrong and corrupt. And I think there's that difference between portraying sin, as the Bible does, and glorifying sin. Now, to give you an example of glorifying sin, I'm going to contrast two kinds of R-rated movies. And I'm not saying that you should watch either kind of movie. But let's take, for example, a military movie. Uh, Maybe it's a reenactment of a true life story. And this movie depicts just how awful and brutal war is. It's full of um, bloodshed and violence, maybe even profanity. And at the end of watching that movie, the message that you are left with is, wow, war is awful. And the men and women who gave their lives in the service of our country are heroes. Now contrast that with a slasher movie, also rated R, just as much violence, but the script writers just came up with a hundred different ways to kill people in the most gory way possible so that people could just watch it for the sake of entertainment. And I think what that does is it can put sin in a positive light or just put it in front of us because that's enjoying to watch. And I don't think that honors God at all. And what that can do is that can dull our conscience I think that Satan wants us to start out with just watching sin for the sake of entertainment. And maybe that will lead to the next step of thinking, you know what? Sin isn't all that bad. And God gave us all a conscience. And I think our conscience can be a guide for what to put in front of our eyes and what not to put in front of our eyes. But after a while, if we keep making bad choices and exposing ourselves to things we shouldn't be watching or listening to, we can get to the point where our conscience isn't that sensitive and it really doesn't help us to make wise choices. And so even if something doesn't bother your conscience, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay for you to watch it. It might just mean that your, sense, your conscience is dulled and is not very helpful for you in this decision making. And now I want to just shift gears a little bit and just give us some practical advice and tools for just being very careful about what we put into our minds. One resource that I highly recommend is called Plugged In. This is a reviewing site that will review movies, TV shows, songs, and even video games from a Christian perspective. And so if you were to type in a movie and look up the review of that movie, it would give you all the positive content in that movie, and also a breakdown of the negative content so that you can know what you are in for when you press play on that movie. And from what you look up and what you see on this site, you can make the call of, okay, this movie is perfectly fine for me to watch, or maybe there's a lot of content in that movie that I should not be putting in front of my eyes. I should not watch it at all. Or maybe you come to the conclusion that there's like two scenes in this movie that I should not watch, but if I can skip those scenes, then it'll be okay. And if you come to the conclusion that you can just skip scenes in a movie, I just want to leave you with this practical advice, and that is to watch movies in a group where you can have that extra layer of accountability to actually fast-forward those scenes. If I'm watching a movie with my wife, she'll be extra intentional to fast-forward that scene. But if I was watching that movie by myself, there would be the temptation of, I don't know if I want to reach for that remote or I can just let this one slide. And I I think we all know that 
when you're watching a movie with your parents or your kids, all of a sudden that movie feels a whole lot more inappropriate, right? You could be perfectly fine until your parent walks into the room or until you're watching it with kids and you're like, this isn't how I remember that movie. And it's because we're not just thinking about what we're putting into our minds, but we're thinking about what they are seeing, what they are hearing, and how that affects their conscience. And so as you watch movies in a group of people who also take seriously what they put in their minds, it can help you to make sure that you are skipping over content that you should not be putting into your minds. Now, speaking of skipping content, there's another resource out there called ClearPlay. And you can get a subscription for this where you can edit out negative content in movies, as you see up here. And I have never used this personally. I know other people who use it. Uh, maybe it can be a helpful resource for you. But when it comes to even blocking out certain content, I do want to caution us to just take things in through a filter and to think critically about whatever it is that we are watching. Because it can be so easy to be like, ah, it's not R-rated or it doesn't have these scenes in it. So I'm perfectly fine to just sit back and take it all in. But at the end of the day, movies and TV shows are platforms for influence. And that influence doesn't just come through the form of how many swear words are in that movie or how many sex scenes there are. Every movie carries some kind of message. And I think I've been more aware of this in the last few years, especially where I'll see some kind of social issue in our culture and then before you know it, there's a movie that addresses that social issue with a certain message. And so even if there isn't a list of like inappropriate content in that movie, I really want to challenge you to think critically about what you are putting into your mind and to run it through the filter of what the Bible says. And I, my hope for all of you is that these can just be practical steps towards guarding our minds and following the example of God in our character and in our behavior. And for the last part of this message, I just want to target our, um, our beginning question from a different angle. The question of, should I watch this? And talk about how much time we spend on entertainment. Because again, the Bible doesn't say you can only watch movies or TV shows for X number of hours every single week. But I do think that the Bible has something to say about everything, even if it's not super direct. And so if you'd like to follow along with me, I will be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23. This is the writing of Paul, and he says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So when Paul says, I have the right to do anything, he's really quoting a popular saying in Corinth during that time. He's not speaking on behalf of God as if it's some theological truth that Christians have the right to do everything. And if we stopped reading after that point, we would miss the whole big idea of what Paul is saying here. What he's doing is he's taking a common saying and then he's addressing that common saying with the truth of God. And the truth of God is that not everything in life is constructive and beneficial. Now let's go back to what we're talking about with entertainment choices. 
in and of itself, movies and TV shows are not necessarily bad. But it doesn't mean that we should spend all of our time consuming this kind of entertainment. And the question that we should ask ourselves is, is it constructive? Is this beneficial in my life? And sometimes the answer to that question might be yes. Maybe having a family movie night is not at all a bad thing. Or it's been a long day and you have the time to unwind. You can watch some TV. But maybe the answer to that question can be no sometimes. I mean, how many of you have ever binged watch a television show and then at the end of it thought to yourself, that was very beneficial and constructive. I'm glad I spent my time doing that. Most of the time we're like, what did I just do with my life? Because not everything is beneficial and constructive. And so I just want to give us three questions to think about whether or not the time that we are spending on entertainment is beneficial or constructive. And if it doesn't check out, then maybe you shouldn't spend your time doing it. And these are not like gospel truths, these three questions, but they're just helpful guidelines. And so the first one is, does this take me away from my responsibility? Whether that responsibility is work or homework or even spending time with your family. If spending time on entertainment takes you away from that, it's probably not constructive for your life. The second question is, does this take me away from getting a healthy amount of sleep? And you might be wondering why that question even makes the list. But I've been working in student ministry for a number of years now, and I know that there are so many students who will just be up at all hours of the night watching the office on their phone so that they only get three hours of sleep before going to school the next day. And then they just drag their feet through school. They're not doing good in academics. Their attitude is suffering because of it. And I don't think that this is only true for students and young adults. I think this can be true for a lot of us. There are those times when you're laying in bed and you're like, ah, I can't really fall asleep. I guess I'll watch TV as if that would help you fall asleep any better, getting all of that blue light. So I'm going to stop there before I get on a rant and move on to the next question. And that next question is, does this take me away from wholesome interactions with other people? Because we are living in a day and age where we have all the entertainment we could ever want just on this one device. We can get lost in our own little world of watching your favorite TV show, watching YouTube videos, or being on social media, where you feel like you don't even need to have friends. You don't need to have wholesome interactions with other people. And you would think with the invention of the iPhone that we would be more connected than ever before. I mean, you can call people, you can text, you can take advantage of FaceTime. That's an awesome resource. But the reality and all the studies show that we are a generation of people that are more disconnected than ever before. And I think that comes from just getting lost in our own little world instead of spending time with other people. So those are just three guidelines for how much time you spend on your device or watching entertainment. And one more helpful resource that I'd like to recommend to you is something called the Disney Circle. And this is something I'm not super familiar about, but if you have questions, you could ask Kurt and Amanda, because I know they use this in their household. And what this does is it can block certain content uh, that can be accessed on your Wi-Fi network, and it'll also set up some parental controls of when your devices can be used. 
And maybe you think parental controls, those are just for the sake of keeping kids in line. Well, maybe as adults, we need these kinds of uh, guidelines in our lives as well. And as we close things out this morning, I just want to leave us with two application questions. The first is, what are my entertainment choices building into my life? And maybe you can think about that in terms of how much time you are spending on entertainment. And maybe you need to have some kind of parameter for how much time you spend watching TV or watching movies or things like that. And the other thing is thinking about the content of what we put into our minds. And maybe you are worried that your conscience is not as sensitive as it should be. And maybe you're putting some things in front of your eyes that is not honoring to God and crosses that line. And to you, I really want to challenge you to just take a break. Take a break from movies or TV shows, whether that's two weeks or four weeks. Or maybe for you, that's choosing only to watch family-friendly movies for that time period. And I'm just willing to bet that after going that time without watching those kinds of movies or TV shows, it'll be like hitting the reset button on your conscience. And maybe you could go back to watching the things that you were watching before that you were perfectly comfortable with. And you might be surprised to think that you're not that comfortable with that anymore and you're just so much more aware of some of the junk that might be in the things that you were viewing for entertainment. And the last question that I want to leave you with is, what am I tolerating in my life that I shouldn't be? Would you want Jesus sitting on the couch watching your favorite movies with you? Or what about your favorite TV shows? Do those help you become more like Jesus? Maybe you've had the attitude of, I can just watch whatever I want. And I really want to encourage you to take advantage of some resources like Plugged In or other reviewing sites just to know ahead of time the kind of content that you will be exposed to before you press play on that movie. And I know that this topic can maybe seem like a gray area. And I want to be careful that we don't talk about this in a way that is legalism. But at the end of the day, what this really comes down to is, am I living like Jesus in the choices that I am making? Are my choices drawing me closer to Jesus, or am I just getting as close to the line as I possibly can? And so I hope that I can just leave us all with this encouragement that we can become more like Jesus when we put on love in our lives and we remove the things in our life that influence us to live in a way that does not help us to become more like Jesus. I'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are the perfect example of love. Um, I think of the words of Jesus where he says that, he came to bring life and life to the fullest. And I thank you that that life is found in Jesus and that we don't need anything else. And I ask too that, that as your children, we would live in a way that reflects you, not only um, just for ourselves, but in the way that we represent you to other people. Help us to be sensitive about the things that you take seriously and help us to have consciences that will help us to, um, to live in the way that you have called us to live. And I, I know that you can give us the strength to do that. Just give us open hearts to live the way that you have called us to live. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.